What's good, everyone? It's the one and only Nick Andre, and guess what? I'm glad to announce to you all that I am officially partnering with Playback TV, which means that I'll be live-streaming basketball games throughout the course of this season. Tonight, I'll be covering the San Antonio Spurs against the Phoenix Suns. Will the number one overall draft pick, Victor Wimayama, have a monster performance? Who will step up next to Kevin Durant as Bradley Beal and Devin Booker will be sidelined? Make sure to tune in with me as I may bring on a special guest, and we'll be discussing everything about the game, plus various topics revolving around the game of basketball. Deuces. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back. The one and only Nick Andre. Have to have you guys tuned in with me on this occasion. Actually, let me restart real quick. So, NBA season is underway. It's been a week now. Super excited, but now we're about to dive into some college. And I'm joined by two of the best experts that I know. If you're not tuned into the show, get a bucket, man. I, I would, I would highly suggest that you guys get in tune, man. These guys definitely knowledgeable about the college game. They got a Big Ten preview out now and a Big East preview, I believe. So make sure to tune in with that. The guys from Off the Ball Network, I got the Prezi, I got Chris LeBron, and I got my guy Kevin Bands, who was joining for the second time on this show, man. How y'all, how y'all guys doing, man? Happy to have you along. Appreciate up, you man. having me on, man. Yes, yes, sir, sir. yes, sir. man. Glad to be back, man. Let's get it rocking. Exactly, man. Not a problem. So, look, we're going to dive into a few, of the t- a few of the teams in the AP Top 25. But first, I got to ask you guys this because the news just recently broke. The number one best player in the class of 2024, Cooper Flag, is going to the University of Duke. How you guys feeling, man? How you guys feeling on, on that decision? Because it's weird because I thought he had already committed like a few months ago. And then somebody had told me like, no, he had committed yet. He was still looking at options. But now it's official and he's going to be a blue. He's going to be a blue devil for the 2024-25 season. So how, how you guys feeling on that on that move? He was always going to do. He was just playing the game, just taking his free rides and all that. He, That's I, what I, figured. I, I advise every kid. I don't care if you, you know you 100 percent you go into whatever school. Take all your visits. Take all your visits. They're free. Take advantage of it. Just get even if just to get the experience, but just take them all. So I we, we you know there was a little rumbling UConn. I was like, it was it was always Duke. It was always Duke. They they've been in his right hand the whole time. Like so that was always Duke, but he did his runs, you know, um, and all that. I, I was never worried that he wasn't gonna be a blue devil and all that. So, you know, uh, I heard it this morning. Um, I was hyped, you know, all that because, uh, you know, obviously he's reclassifying too. So he'll, he'll be there this year and all that. So uh, John Shire is not missing a beat. He hasn't missed a beat since Coach K left and all that. He's doing his thing. And, you know, he could still have a, a monster class. You know, v, VJ Edgecombe, you know, my guy out here in New York, you know, maybe another one coming through. So, you know, John Shire is doing his thing. You know, next year, the year after that, he could get the Boozik twins, you know, maybe, you know. That'd so. be big. Big things, big things. He's he's doing he's doing a great job so far. Yeah, I'm with Prezi, man. It it was destined to happen. He literally looks exactly him and John Shire to me. I think they're father and son. They look exactly <laughs> like me. Like he's a perfect Duke player. He's gonna be the he most really hated is. again. Like he gets a lot of love, but just because he's gonna go to Duke, everybody's gonna hate him, especially for his popularity and things like that. But mm-hmm. I can say for a fact, everything around him is not just hype. Like he's a real player. His second yeah. jump is insane. He rebounds his butt off. He can guard. He gets hella deflections, hella steals, so many different things that he does defensively. And offense, I still feel like his game can evolve a lot. Like He gets to the rim pretty well, and he's a good mid-range shooter, but as a three-point exactly. shooter, I think he can expand. 
I think as, a, as an overall playmaker, he's already really good. I still think he can get better on that end too with that. So to me, that's a huge get for the Blue Devils out there in Durham. But to me, it was like Prezi said, it was always destined to be in. You know, shout out to them. That class going to be nasty. Him and Isaiah Evans on the wings alone is disgusting. So I'm excited to see what they can do together. No, nah, I mean, that's that's a fact there. And one, one thing I will say, man, Duke, at least for as long as I've been watching college basketball, they at least one of the best at recruiting, man. You know, they it seemed like over the past few months they've been really aggressive at pursuing Cooper. That, that, like, that's why for me I thought he was already a Blue Devil because I, I didn't really see – I mean, I saw, I saw other teams were interested, other programs were interested, but it seemed like he was always favoring Duke, so – that's why, you know, for me, it was it was only a matter of time before he actually committed. Like I said, I, I thought he had already did. But, you know, for him to finally make it official, you know, I think it's super dope to see. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm excited as well. You know, I mean, he's he's been on my radar for a minute now. You know, every time I scroll on social media, I see a I see a Cooper highlight, you know, whether it's a highlight dump, a highlight dunk or a, a key steal or, or a deflection or anything. So Cooper is Cooper's the real deal. You know, I know a lot of people, they might they may not be too much on the hype but you know at the end of the day you know I'm, I'm super i'm super excited to see you know what he can do yeah he he's he, he's not your typical white player too like he's not this like this shooter and all that like he's not gonna be i know he's gonna get compared to a lot of like former duke you know blue devils you know like exactly. jj and 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 shire and and um who's the other guy who's the old other home um christian lightner no 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 he was right. like mid two thousands. Mid two thousands. JJ? Uh, no, it was I JJ mean, Shire. Um, oh no, no, no. Sorry, nah, I'm, 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 I'm mad at myself and forget it. But um, he, he's not just like one of these just straight shooters and all that. He he has an all around game. Like you saw him in the circuit and all that. He's he's a true hooper. So you're gonna see people are. I don't think he's gonna get the hate like those guys because they people are gonna look at his game and be like, oh. He, he legit and all that, but he he's gonna, it's going to be fun to see him at, at Cameron and all that, you know, and play. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. That crowd's going to be rocking, too. Like, I can only imagine the atmosphere, especially once he steps foot on the floor in his first game, you know, just like just just the excitement that he's going to bring, you know, to that team. So, you know, it, it just shows that Duke is going to continue to prevail. You know what I'm saying? Like, the front office has done a really good job over the past few years, and I'm excited to see, you know, what he'll be able to do with the team moving forward. But let's go ahead and dive into a few of the teams in um in AP Top 25. Like I mentioned, we're not going to cover every team, but just some teams that you know I find interesting to see, and I want to I want to get you guys thoughts on what they could possibly do this upcoming season. So we'll start from the bottom all the way up. So we'll start with the number 25 team, which is Illinois fighting Illinois. Last season finished at 20 13, ranked six in the Big Ten. Really crazy year to say the least. Sky Clark was their uh was one of the guards he ended up leaving, which was like crazy to me. Like that that came out of nowhere. So what are you guys' thoughts? Like, so first and foremost, what, what what were your takeaways last year on Illinois? And what do you guys think that they can do this year? Man, they were disastrous last year. And I had high expectations for them, but it just felt like everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong, right? Matthew Meyer, you already mentioned the Scott Clark situation. Matthew Meyer, we thought, was a national champion coming over from Baylor. He was a sixth man on the national championship team. He wasn't the guy they thought he was going to be. You know, you had struggles with all the pretty much different freshmen, which happens like you should expect that for top tier freshmen. Every freshman is going to struggle. It's just the nature of the beast. But as a whole, they had some really high highs and they had some super low lows and they really just could not put it all together. You can tell the chemistry was just never right. Somehow they made it work. Somehow they got into the tournament just because they were really good based off town with Coleman Hawkins and Terrence Shannon Jr. But 
outside of that last season was as bad as it could possibly get. And they still somehow sort of maximize it, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, me and Kev talked about them like last year a lot and as a team that potentially could do some damage, but then it just, everything just went, it just went south big time. It's like the whole Sky Clark situation. We thought he would make an impact, you know, a Matthew Mayer situation. And like, I don't know, Brad just, I felt like he lost the team. This They got so much talent last year. And then you saw mm-hmm. like maybe some glimpses in the first round last year and all that, like they could possibly be like a sneaky, you know, elite eight team. And then it, it just was a disaster and all that. And it just seems like year, you know, the last four years, it's just been a decline for Brad Underwood and his boys. So I think this is a big year for him. I think this could possibly be, you know, maybe be it for him if, if he does – Tough doesn't go up, but, you know, he still got Terrence Shannon, you know, still got Coleman Hawkins and all. He got two potential Big Ten, you know, player of the year candidates. And, and so I don't know what the excuse is going to be this year. Like, he's got to figure it out. And, you know, he's maybe changed his coaching philosophy some because last year just it just didn't work. What he was doing was not working and it, it shouldn't have happened, you know. It wasn't. It wasn't as bad as it, it looked, but it still was a situation where I mean, I, I thought maybe they would be atop the Big Ten, possibly. It didn't happen. So, you know, this is going to be a big year for for uh, for Coach Underwood. He's got to figure it out because he's been there for a little bit now. So, he's you, know, it, it, you know, he and he hasn't had much success, you know, in the in the tourney and all that. So, you know, uh, big gift him. So you got to figure it out because they got they still got a good team. So you mentioned Terrence Shane, Shannon Jr. And you mentioned Coleman Hawkins. You know, those are two terrific talents overall. Um, do you believe that those two are enough to possibly lead the Illini to at least one of the best teams in the Big Ten? Easily. No doubt about it in my mind. To me, I think they're the sleeper team to win it this year, to be honest with you, because everybody talks about, you know, Michigan State and Purdue in their own tier. But if you were to ask me, like, who's a third team or who's a team, like, in that next tier that could possibly beat those first two that I mentioned, it would be Illinois, just because – I know when people talk about them, they always bring up the fact that they don't have a true experienced veteran point guard on the roster. But as you just mentioned, when you have a guy like Terrence Shannon, it feels like he's been in college for like seven years. He should have been in the NBA like back in like 2018. Oh, he was on draft boards in 2020. I'm not saying what is this, like his fifth year? Before that, before that, he was, he's been on draft boards since at least 2019. But, I mean, you have him, right? You have Coleman Hawkins, who I think the idea of him is a lot better than what people – like actually watch but when he's on he's on right and he could be he's the key to this team honestly just because he can be that de facto point guard he's six a he can rebound he can guard fours he can guard fives whatever you need him to do he can guard those guys you bring in marcus damask a knockdown shooter from southern illinois he's gonna help with spacing same thing with luke goody i'm looking at the freshman to be honest dre gibbs lawhorn big time freshman originally from indiana was actually committed to purdue decommitted he's now playing for illinois I think he could have a good, solid role in this team as the backup point guard. And I look at a guy like Amani Hansberry, another post player out the DMV, was really going to EYBL last year, dominant. So I like the freshman. And Sincere Harris, another guy, he had a, a very weird up and down freshman year, but he's shown that, you know, defensively he could pick up 90, 94 feet really and make, you know, changes to the game as a whole. So to me, again, this Illinois team is, is honestly super dangerous. It's a reason. I know it's an exhibition game. They beat Kansas, but Kansas looked at it as the number one team in the country. So, right. to me, that can be anybody. Yeah, and and they're they're all upperclassmen essentially. I mean, their whole squad's upperclassmen and all that. But the one thing I think that could hurt them is, is their their perimeter shooting. 
and struggled yep. to shoot from the outside. And Coleman Hawkins, he could shoot it, but he's he he he, he shoots it too much. Like it's like, all right, you know, you're six ten. Like, you know, you know, you sometimes you got to get in the post and all that. And I think he'll do more of that because he, he took a lot of threes last year. I think he took like 150 and he only shot like 30 percent, 31 percent for something like that. I remember. So the perimeter shooting is something you need to work on, but they are a veteran team. And, and we know experience goes a long way in college right. basketball and all that. So, you know, it's it just maybe this is the this is, you know, the right nucleus. For Coach Underwood, and we'll see what happens. You know, it seems like he's not great with freshmen and all that, you know, talented freshmen. And we, we've seen that a lot. Me and Kev talk about this. There's a certain coaches that just – they just don't – they don't work well with, you know, especially when they get highly recruited and they're not used to that type of player. So, you know, uh, they, they could. They could be that third team, you know, in the Big Ten. But then I could see them being in the middle of Packer below that and having struggling because they can't shoot from the outside. So – it's it's gonna be an interesting year for them. Um, they should be better because because they got the experience and experience trumps everything. So we'll see what happens. Exactly. Yeah, health 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 does play a major role as well. And I, I must say, um, I watched I watched the the Kansas game earlier today. You know, and my observation was, you know, if they can just remain like disciplined defensively, I think that they could be a really good team. And I think we saw a little bit of that in the Kansas game. Like there was many many opportunities where they shut down Hunter Dickinson. You know, especially you know closing closing out closing out on him in the post and everything. So. You know, this is a team that you know. It's like it's like you mentioned, President. I mean, they got they got a lot of veteran experience, so they got a lot of guys that's played in college for years. And you know, if they if they do figure out how to remain disciplined defensively, that's kind of one of my takes. And I feel like they, I feel like they can definitely be one of those teams in the Big Ten that can possibly make some noise. And then, of course, being right under Purdue and Michigan State as far as one of the best teams. So I'm excited to see what they could possibly bring this year as a whole. And I say two real quickly, just watch out for Ty Rogers. Um, I know a lot of people have him as that, you know, essential point guard because Brad Underwood came out and said that this past summer. But to me, I think he's going to be the guy that kind of takes a little bit of that pressure off of the way to Terrence Shannon because Terrence Shannon, is, he's going to be asked in his fifth year to be the guy. And you kind of need those role players to kind of help, you know, fill in his, you know, weaknesses and the thing that holds him back. So, like, on nights where he doesn't need to be guarding the other team's best player, you could have a guy like Ty Rogers do that. Ty Rogers can lead you in assist on any given night. He can lead you on boards on any given night. So Ty Rogers is the player to watch out too for me. Quincy Guerrero too, the transfer. He, yep. he's, oh, yeah. he's gonna be a big I heard factor. about him, yeah. Me and Kev talked about it on the Big Ten preview. He, I think he's gonna be a big factor for them too. So, you know, they're gonna have some they're gonna have some, you know, some wings out there to defend and all that. So, you know, we'll see. Yes, sir. Let's dive. Let's dive into one of the teams in the Pac-12. Let's talk about USC because they've they've gotten a lot of hype at least over the last summer. Um, rank or finished with a twenty-two and eleven record, third uh, one of the third best teams in the um, in the Pac-12. Um, obviously, the biggest hype is you know Bronny James is there, but LeBron's son, and then Isaiah Collier. How are we feeling about USC this upcoming season? The guard play runs this team right between Boogie Ellis and Isaiah Collier. That's going to be their their bread and butter right there. Boogie, I think, averaged like 17 to 18 points per game last season. Collier, to me, is one of the better point guards, not just freshman point guards, but he should be one of the better overall point guards in the country this year. And then you look at the rest of the roster, the big men, they aren't your typical, you know, back-to-the-basket, low-post type dudes. Like, Joshua Morgan could do that here and there, but he likes that mid-range shot a lot. Um, I'm a big Aaron, Aaron, excuse me, Arrington Page fan. He actually went to high school down there in Atlanta with Isaiah Collier. And then – you know, you have some solid players because Johnny Wright, to me, the biggest thing for this team is kind of like what Prezi said with Illinois is that perimeter shooting because 
you have guards that can get downhill. You have guards that can get to the bucket and make defenses collide constantly, you know, all the time. But they need that spacing bad. And I think the one guy that should be able to do that for them this year is Ozias Sellers, the sophomore. Didn't play a lot last year just because he was a freshman and their guard play was pretty loaded last year with Drew Peterson and a couple other guys like Reese Dixon Waters who transferred to San Diego State. But if Ozias Sellers can just literally sit in that three-point corner, he should be good because he is a knockdown shot. I think Bronny could do that too, right? Bronny, to me, I think one of the better parts of his games is being able to just be a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. Yeah, he's, a, he's a great spot-up shooter. Exactly. So if Bronny can just literally just chill, Collier and Boogie are going to make plays off the dribble all the time as much as they possibly can. So to me, the biggest thing to watch out for them is perimeter shooting. And definitely defensively, they got to be a little bit more locked in and engaged and just more physical as a whole because last year – it was it was times where the defense looked good, but it was way too up and down and inconsistent, and they just got to get more physical and be more tougher on that end. So I like this team. I think they should finish anywhere between first or fourth in the Pac-12, to be honest with you. It's kind of sad it's the end of the Pac-12, though. Man. This is where they're at. It's, it's over and all. But, yeah, you know, Boogie Ellis, I think Boogie Ellis could be potentially like a player of the year candidate. I think uh, he's another one. You know, I've been watching him from a, he, he was a Duke commit and all that. And he went to well, he went to Memphis, right? He went to Memphis, he, yeah, for years. Memphis yep. and then to USC and all that. So like, he's been around, but he's you know last year he was he was a bucket. Well, eighteen like I said, eighteen a game and all that. No, they got good guard play. Obviously, I was at Collier, number one player in the country. You know, he's a hooper and all that. So it's going to it's going to be contingent on their guard play and all that. Um, I, they're one of the top teams in, in the Pac-12 and all that. They got to figure out, you know, um. Something like I said, defensively and all that, like Kev said. So, but it's all going to be in the guard play, and I, I don't know what to expect from Bronny. I, I'm not going to expect much. You know, he, you know, everything he went through. You know, you know, uh, with his health and all that. Um, if he is right, he could be a nice guard to come off the bench. You know, I know some people have a high expectations of him because obviously this, <laughs> he's he's LeBron's kid and all that. But you know, uh, Boogie Boogie and Isaiah Collier are, are going to be the engines of this team. So they go as far as those two go. And uh, I, I think Boogie and, and Kalia could definitely, you know, be, be the anchors of this team and lead them, you know, to, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know if they're going to win the Pac-12 and all that. Still still trying to figure out who, the Pac-12 and all that. Um, but uh, definitely, you know, I, they're definitely going to be dancing in March and all that because I think Boogie and Collier, and we know how guard play is in, once you get to March and all that, that can lead you far. So I, I like their guard play a lot. I know there's some other things with as far as their, their, their front court and all that, but I trust their, their back court and that they're deep there. So I like, I like, I like USC. How y'all feel about Kobe Johnson? I think he's heading to what is junior or senior year. How y'all feel about him this upcoming season? I love his game. Any team that he's on, he's going to play a huge role just because he's not afraid to do the little things. Right. His jumper improved throughout the course of last season. I want to say he was first team all defense in the Pac-12 last season too. Like he just he creates havoc, right? He gets active on both ends of the floor. And another guy is going that's going to be key for their spacing. To me, he's probably their most important player just because I would be a lot higher on this team if they had kept Trey White because Trey White to me, the one thing that holds him back is they don't have really any true wings outside of DJ Robin, who of course is Dennis Robinson, son, but. They don't have any true wings like that. And Trey White was that exact wing. And he left. He's at Louisville now, which, you know, I don't I don't know everything that took place behind that. But if they would have kept him, I would have been way more higher. But because they don't have any true wings, when it comes to tournament time, you're going to see at least one or two, maybe three, you know, possibly depending on how far you go, like big time wings, six, seven wings that can go get their own bucket off the dribble whenever and however. Right. And so 
Kobe Johnson is going to be the guy that has to guard those other best dudes. He's going to be guarding the Caleb Loves. He's going to be guarding the KJ Simpson. He's going to be guarding all the top guards in the Pac-12 and so forth and so far um, throughout the country too. So Kobe yeah. Johnson to me is is essential. He's their X factor. You know, he's the best shooter on the team. He's going to have to, like I said, he's going to be guarding, you know, the teams, every team's, you know, best, best, you know, perimeter player and all that. So he he's the, he's their X factor and all that. If he, if he shoots the way he shot last year, this, this UST, along with the, the guard play they have, they'll be even more dangerous and all that. So he, he like, like, like Kev said, he, he's, he's their do it all player and all that. And he's going to be very important for them this year. I definitely agree. You know, I, I watched a little bit of him last year. You know, he definitely does a lot of the, Lot of the scrappy words so i mean he's i think he's somebody that could definitely set the tone as far as defensively so i'm, I'm excited to see you know what he could possibly do this upcoming season as well um mm-hmm. so last year usc finished you know obviously third in the um in the pack do you guys see them possibly moving up because i mean obviously i know that you still got arizona and a few other teams like do you do you possibly see them moving up in those uh, rankings in the pack 12 for sure just because to me the pack 12 was just whatever like it should be pretty yes. good but outside of like the top four between usc you really don't know what UCLA is going to be, but I expect them to be good. Of course, you got Arizona, then you got Colorado, and then after that, yeah, after that is kind of up. In Colorado the air, is right? like the one team that's kind of because the upside is like they could be dangerous, but they're still mm-hmm. it's still like it still is Colorado's like, and then um, you, you know, you have a couple of teams that should like trickle in behind them, like Cal Berkeley. A lot of people are high on them, even though I'm not high on them in first year, but. Washington, they have a lot of good players. I don't know if they're going to be able to put it together, but they do have talent. Utah is a sleeper in the conference, but as a whole, to me, I think it's a top four, and USC is firmly in there, and I think they can win it. I don't think they will. I wouldn't put my money on it. I wouldn't be right. mad if somebody did, but to me, they have as great a shot as anybody else. That that's I still don't know. Like I know me and Kev, we're going to do a spaces and talk about Pac-12 this week. I don't know. I still don't know who's going to win the Pac-12. Like It's, it's that it's that wide open with those five teams, USC, Arizona, Colorado, UCLA. I, I, part of me wants to pick Colorado, but it's like, you know, there's still a lot of factors in that. So it's just, you know, it, it's, it's interesting, you know, the last year, you know, it's, there's no, you know, favor and all that. So it should make for more, it should make for an exciting year for them, but yeah, it's kind of wide open. There's four or five teams that I could see possibly winning the PAC 12 this year. For sure. For sure. Let's dive into the SEC. I want to talk about the Kentucky Wildcats because this is a team that I'm very interested to see. You know, this upcoming season last year finished uh, top three in the SEC. Got rid of a lot of guys: Oscar Sheway, Casson Wallace, Jacob Toppin are no longer with the no longer with the organization or no longer with the program. Um, they got a few five star recruits: DJ Wagner and Rob, Rob Dillingham. Do people still believe in? Uh, Coach Cal, because I know the past few years, there's you know, it's been a little bit of a disappointment, especially in the tournament. So, and I know Kentucky fans, they've been on his ass a lot over the past few years. So, do you, do y'all believe that people still believe in Cal? And they should put a a statue statue out there out of Rupp Arena. This would be a statue of that man because they were struggling before that man came there. So, I understand like expectations are crazy high, and what they only got one chip with Cal. And all that, but people need to real. It is hard to win a national championship. Mm-hmm. Like, like Kev. Look, I mean, he he consistently brings in five star type guys. So I mean, you can't really get. And mad listen, at him. but like, people don't understand that. To imagine getting a new team every single year, every single year. And like, I get it. They're five stars, but that doesn't mean nothing. It doesn't mean nothing. You still got to be able to have the right chemistry and all that. Like, that's not easy to do. And like. 
Uh, if they want him fired, guess what? He'll get a job real quick. Easily. And then they'll feel sick when he when he's out there, you know, recruiting the same dudes that are going to Kentucky and they're going to wherever. So they need to appreciate him. But like, you know, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll be all right. You know, they, they got a good squad, you know, that some injuries to some of their guys and also got to figure that out um, and all that. And the guard situation, not that it's bad, but it's just like to figure out because you got a lot of similarities with a lot of your guards and all that. But they got serious talent. <laughs> they got serious talent. Like they got a bunch of top 10 picks on that team. And it's just a matter of Cal figuring out, especially with the guards, because we all know that his history with guards is like, you know, we see them in the league. You're like, why didn't we see that? At you know in Kentucky and all that, so yeah, you know, and like we're gonna see that with with Wagner and and Dillingham and all that. So it's gonna see interesting to see how he does to to uh, you know and see if Aaron Bradshaw comes back healthy. I know he's bang, he's bang, he's not healthy right now and all that, but they got the squad. They got I mean endless amount of talent on the team. So um, it's gonna be interesting to see because the SEC too is kind of a little bit wide open too. So. You know, um, even if they do struggle, like they they still have a chance. It's not going to be like last year, I don't think. So they'll they'll bounce back though. Yeah, I want you to clip this and put this on West because Kentucky fans swear I'd be hating on them, but <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I think this is the team where John Calipari kind of solidifies himself as like Kentucky officially being back because they've been good, but kind of what Prezi alluded to, their expectations are great every single year, year yeah. in and year out, right? And on top of what you said, Nick, too is the fact that not only does he bring in the best players, but he brags about bringing in the best players every year too. So my thing with all these blue blood schools like Duke, like Kansas, like Carolina is just get to the second weekend of the tournament once every three years. I feel like that's a realistic expectation when you're at one of those programs. And Cal hasn't been out the first weekend since 2019. You know who was on that team? 19. You had Tyler Hero, Keldon Johnson, and PJ Washington who have all gone on and already had NBA full NBA careers already, right? right. So no, the second contract already. Exactly. So that's been that's been my biggest thing. And even Cal admitted at SEC Media Day, like we haven't been at Kentucky standard. We just haven't. And I was like, that's facts. I'm and a lot of fans would disagree with that, but that's just real. So with this team though, Prezi already mentioned with that backcourt between Rob Dillingham, DJ Wagner, they're going to be a problem. Justin Edwards, I think I'm personally highest on him. I think he's gonna be their highest NBA draft pick just because he's six seven, can get to his mid-range spot whenever he wants to, elite defender. He's literally the Tayshaun Prince prototype, in my opinion. So you have that. And then also what Prezi said, their bigs got to get healthy, right? You know, Ugo got to get healthy. Vonamir Vitis, we'll see how his situation plays out. Aaron Brashaw, same thing. But honestly, out of all the teams that we'll probably talk about on this episode, I think if they get healthy, this is the team that has the highest room for growth and improvement, in my opinion. If they can just get it right, because you know those freshman guards, they're going to be fun. They're going to be electric. But, again, they're going to hit that freshman wall eventually, and it just depends on how long they stay in it and can get out of it. So, to me, if you can just balance that out with the experience that they have, you know, Trey Mitchell coming over from West Virginia last second was big for them. And then the guy I'm looking forward to the most. I forgot they got him. Yeah, I forgot West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the guy, to me, that's their most important player, goes by the name of Adu Thiero. He's 6'8", grew like hell since he's been there. To me, he's going to be exactly what they wanted Jacob Toppin to be last year, just that do-it-all glue guy that can knock down shot, guard the other teams that play a rebound, play at a high level. the arrow is going to be the guy that kind of, you know, steers this shit for this Kentucky team this year. So I'm looking forward to him. Like Prezi said, the SEC is wide open, but at the same time it's stacked. So I'm very curious to see where they pan out, you know, when this thing all shakes out and it's said and done. 
Yeah, I was I was actually watching um, a Calipari cre- uh, press conference the other day, and he was talking about the importance of Antonio Reeves and how how much his leadership is important to this team. Like, do you guys agree that his importance, like you know, and especially with his veteran like leadership, can be important important to this team? Yes, for sure. And in, th- in today's college basketball game, especially with this extra COVID year of eligibility, you got to get old, right? And so having guys like a Duthier, or having guys like Trey Mitchell, having guys that have been in the program. Antonio Reeves, we haven't even mentioned. He's going to be another big-time guy for them, too. So you need guys that have been through them wars, especially when you got so many freshmen. you got to teach them, and you got to get them going out the gate because otherwise, if they have a slow start, the rest of the team as a whole will have a slow start. Yeah, Reeves and Mitch are going to be huge for this team. Like I said, it's a very it's a very young team, so those two guys would be very important to, to keep the young guys balanced and all that. But like, like Kev said, this, this might be the team to get Kentucky back, you know, um, with the, the – this is the right team. You know, like I said, whenever you're recruiting freshmen and all that, it's always going to be a crapshoot. Not every recruiting class is going to work and all that. So, right. you know, Kentucky fans need to chill. <laughs> they need to chill. It could be worse. Trust me, it could be a lot worse. You know, look at the look at their rivals. Exactly. Look at their exactly. <laughs> look at their rivals. You know, even though you know Coach Payne and you know, listen, me and Kat talk about Coach Payne a lot last year and thought maybe it could be one and done and all, but he he's recruiting. You know, you're recruiting a little better and all that, but it could be worse. So so that's why I, I hate when we see this in college sports a lot where, nah, Coach Cal, like, yeah, has he under in the, in the postseason? But we know one and done is, you know, you could lose any night. You know, it's just it's just that's just how college basketball works and all that. So but this is the team that I feel like could possibly be the team that gets him past that little funk he's having where he hasn't gone far. So. You know, this definitely definitely got his best team in a while. I think that's a great point to mention, though, because he has had pretty much a new roster just about every single That's hard. Year. Imagine exactly. coaching a new team every single year. Like exactly. a couple couple players maybe staying here and there, but every single year you have a new team. Like that's not easy to do. And, and personalities, you got five stars, and we know how this age and era with social media, you know, everybody think they're that dude, you know, and then so – Managing person, oh, I ain't playing. You know, I'm sure he's dealing with. So that's not easy to do a year in, year out. You know, <laughs> I'm sure if he wanted his way, he would like it the old school way where dudes were staying and all that. But you know, he, you know, he, he he's done his best to uh, adapt and all that. But you got to give him credit for it for adapting and then kind of changing the game. You know, I know probably other coaches are mad. That's why some coaches are no longer coaching in college basketball. But you know. uh he gonna he gonna he, he this is gonna be his best team he's had in a minute. So you know if Brad Brashaw needs the big men need to stay out. If they if they get healthy, that's a fact. Because I like Brashaw a lot. I think he could be a top five, top ten pick. I think he's that talented and all that. But if he stays healthy, the big stay healthy. They 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 they, they, they can do some damage and definitely win the SEC. No, that's a fact. So I mean, you you mentioned too, Prez, because the the SEC is kind of wide open. Because I'm not sure what Bama's <laughs> gonna do this year. I know Mizzou. You know, they got rid of Kobe Brown or Kobe Brown went into the NBA. So I'm looking at the SEC. Yeah, I'm like I'm looking at I'm looking at the SEC as a whole, and it's like, man, who's gonna be the best team in this in this conference? So do you guys believe that that could be something that uh that can cook that uh, Kentucky can take? They definitely can, but I'm just looking at you mentioned Bama, Tennessee beat us in an exhibition Tennessee. this past weekend. You know, uh, or AM should be pretty solid this year, but I'm looking at a few teams. Arkansas, to me, I think is probably going to end up being the best, but to me, Kentucky's right there in the mix, if I'm being honest. So, talent again, talent wise, 
they're right in the thick of things. It's all it's all about how fast can they put it together and get that chemistry right to where this team can mix and just look like a solid veteran team. Because in the SEC, it's a lot of grown dudes that are 24, 25, 26 that have been started families and things like that. So you got <laughs> you got like, dudes married for like four or five years playing college basketball. So exactly. like I said, that that COVID year, it it, it helped insane, a lot of it, it helped it, it helped like teams that just aren't good at recruiting. You know, it, to teams that aren't getting those toddlers, so they're able to get these older kids and all that. And like I said, experience works. So they're gonna be it's SEC. It's just like college football in the SEC. Like it's grown men playing. It's the same thing. Like Duke, we 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 played Tennessee in the tournament last year. They whooped our ass. It was grown man basketball. Like they were playing grown man basketball and all that. And then it's gonna be a dog fight. Like yes, the SEC is wide open, but. You could lose to any team, like you know, South Carolina and Georgia, or you know, Georgia's going to be to come up in the next few years, I believe. So right. they, they they just they just got a big time recruit, you know, a five star recruit. So they they're going to be on come up and, but it's going to be a dogfight, just like the SEC in, in football. It's going to be a dogfight every time. You could lose any at any at any time. So you know, uh, it definitely makes it could definitely make you better and all that in the long term. So you know, uh, Kentucky's got got it in for, but you know. um if they're right, they definitely to me they, they could definitely uh, be the best team in the SEC. The Miami Hurricanes were the best team in the ACC last year, and I, I'll be real like that. That caught me by surprise. I knew that they were going to be be at least like one of the more favorite teams in the ACC, but for them to be the best and finish with the top team in the conference, I thought that was really impressive. Um, first and foremost, how do y'all how do y'all feel about Matthew Cleveland joining this program? Because he was at Florida State for the past few years, but now he's joining Miami. So how do y'all how do y'all feel about that? I think it's crazy, right? That really? you, it's weird. You literally, you literally leave what the ops and you go join <laughs> right. the ops, right? Like, so you you leave the school you was at and you stay in state. Like, I get it. I'm not mad at this because if I'm being honest, Miami's in a way better state as a program right now than Florida, Florida State, state is. is. I can definitely agree with that. I love Leonard Hamilton, but the past few years since he lost Dennis Gates and Seawater, Mizzou has been bad. So it's been bad. Like last year was. The whole with the whole Baba stuff, and then Baba, just, yeah, like, they were just absolutely disaster. Hammer Fletcher, I went down as well. Like it's yeah. crazy. I mean, I, I was even at the game yesterday, and I was thinking, like, yeah, it's probably gonna be another, probably gonna be another disappointing. I think that they could be better than what they were last year, but I think it's gonna be another disappointing year for the for the Noles this upcoming season. It just goes to show you the importance of assistant coaches, man. Assistant coaches don't get enough credit, but for Miami, though, I mean, Matthew Cleveland. To me, I think the biggest thing with him is he doesn't have to be great in order for this team to be great, right? He just has to be solid. And honestly, he's probably, if I'm just keeping it real, if I'm Coach Larry Nega looking at my roster right now, because a lot of these coaches love to play like the seniority game where the longer you've been in the program, the more looks you're going to get, rightfully so, right? But when you have a talent like Matthew Cleveland, he came into college, a lot of people thought he was going to be a guaranteed lottery pick his first year out the gate. Hasn't happened. I want to say he's going into year three now, if I'm not mistaken. So to me... If that's your third, fourth, or fifth option, that's a great team right there, just off the rip. If you have that as your third, fourth option and guarding opposing team's best wing players, that's a great fit. So Miami, man, you got to give Coach Darinaga, his staff, that entire program a lot of credit because to me, I ain't going to lie, they won the ACC last year, and I expect them to do the same thing this year. And I can make the case that they're the best program in the ACC. I wouldn't bet on that. I wouldn't say that confidently, but you can make a clear case the last three, four, five years that they've been the program in the ACC. Mm-hmm. A trio of Omia Pack and Cleveland. That, that's 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 good. That's good. 
you know, and, and what Wong and Jordan Miller did last year was very important. So you sent and you replaced those guys with with the Cleveland and all that. Nomi is stepping up. Now, the thing is, there's going to be the issue is the size, right? The size is going to be the issue and all that. But that was the issue last year, and they still had a deep run. And that, that was my idea. I was like, are they going to be the overcoming that? And they did and all that. And it's just the program is just elevating and elevating and elevating. And there was a there was a point where where um where Larinaga like there was a few years where it was like ah man my guys run because they had some good years before that and they went through a little stretch like during like the COVID a few years out they were struggling. They got hit with the that. FBI thing. Yeah, because Miami. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Miami went through that their little thing as the program and all that. Um, yeah. but you know he has them on on the up and up. You know, as one of the premier teams in the in the, in the ACC right now, and you know he's not doing it, getting crazy recruits and all that, just getting good players and just knows how to put them in the right spots and all that. And and you know, Transfer Portal's been his best friend too, Coach Larry Niger. So he's doing a great job. I expect him to be, you know, um, fighting at the, at the top of the ACC. And then you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they make another crazy run like they've done the last few years. So and they, that's that's my thing too is that. What, what Prejudice said, they don't recruit like four to five star players. They just recruit guys that they know will fit their system. Like Isaiah Wong was a player coming out of Pennsylvania, but right. I don't think too many people would have thought he would have been as good as he was. Like this dude was what first team on ACC last year. I want to say it was AC. He might have been, was he ACC player of the year last year or was it flip? I don't remember, but it was one of the other. ACC player, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you look at this team, man, even without, as you mentioned, Jordan Miller too was key for them, but you look at Northad. I love Nottingham Jordan Pat. Miller. He was he one really of my favorite players player. to watch last year. Yeah, player, ultimate connector, ultimate glue guy, whatever you want to call it. He did everything that the team required of him. But I look at this team. Bensley Joseph has been in the program for a few years. Wooga Poplar, I think, is the guy that's Poplar, yep. like elite, elite scoring. Him. Because, yeah, he, he's really put in his 10,000 hours and, and really stayed down and did his time and just letting Isaiah Wong be great. And I think it's his time to really step into that role and shine now. And then the last name I'll mention, too, is Kaishan George. Six seven freshman two player. I think he's. I'm not gonna say he's gonna be one, and I think he'll be two, and I think as a sophomore he's gonna have a, an amazing season. But this year on a team like this, this is a team. I mean, let's look at it. Miami was in the Elite Eight two years ago. They were in the Final Four for the first time last year. I mean, if the trend continues, they'll be playing the national championship game this year, right? So, to me, I'm looking at the Canes as a major threat in the ACC. I personally had them winning the ACC, and of course, going on to do great things come March Madness. That's interesting too because the past few days I've been seeing people super high in Duke. And I mean, give credit, you know, they're they're ranked number two right now in the country, and I think they're gonna have a really great year. So you guys really, so a lot of people do think that Duke is like clear cut like the best team in the ACC. But you know, you guys are really high on Miami. So do y'all definitely think there's gonna be a dog fight between those two teams as the best in the ACC? For sure, it's yeah. not even the Prezi will tell you that right. Like that's just. That's just the nature to be. I mean, we could talk about Duke, right? I mean, I know we're gonna jump on him anyway, but I mean, because so, I know, I know, I know people are high in Virginia too. Carolina, and, you can't. I know Carolina, Carolina had a weird yeah. last year and all that, but I expect them to bounce back. Like, and they got Harrison Ingram from Stanford too, and he's a bucket and all that. So you know, and he's a more disciplined, uh, you know, score um, um, than uh, what's his face that they had. Um, that went to uh, Arizona. What's Caleb his name? Love. Caleb Love. Yeah, Caleb yeah. Love. You know all that because you know Hubie and Caleb. They were just that and the team. whole that whole team was just not vibing at yeah. all and all that. You know, it was just a weird and all. Did y'all hear the story with, uh, with Caleb Love and uh, Hubert Davis? <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. I don't know. I, it's crazy how they go from 
to be minutes away from being national champions to exactly. having the season they had last year. And they were up 13 in national championships. They should have won the national championship. 15. So. 15. Yeah, they're the biggest loss ever. I always mention that. But that should open up opportunity for, uh, for R.J. Davis, don't, don't y'all think? Like more That's the biggest thing right there, right? Yeah. Because Caleb left, because that, that to me that was kind of the biggest thing that I don't think anybody really talks about, right, is that Caleb, as we know, and the same thing with R.J., to me personally, if I'm the coach and I want to maximize their abilities, they're both natural shooting guards. They're not point guards. And my sure. definition of point guard is like the traditional definition of point guard, like guys that are the floor general. They set the table. Yeah. They know they, when it's their time. They're trying to make up. him something he's not. Exactly. And you go back and look, Caleb, he was always labeled a point guard, but he wasn't never really making other guys around him better. He was just elite Scoring. at getting a bucket. Exactly. And so to me, when you have Elliot Cadeau, you can take RJ off the ball a little bit more, and then RJ can just run off screens and come off screens and knock down shots off the catch. And so I think RJ Davis should look a little bit better this year, just being more so in his natural position. And he can play like spot backup point guard minutes too. Don't get it wrong. But to me, I just think as a shooting guard, his best ability is to get a bucket. And Elliot Cadeau can make his life a thousand times easier than it's been the past three years since he's been there. Elliot Cadeau might be behind uh, Collier, might be the best freshman guard, point guard in the, he's going to, he's going to make an impact for them. And I want to say, too, with Virginia, we just got to see it to believe it, bro. Because as much as I love – I'm not going to say I love him, but as much as I respect Tony Bennett – Spooky since that championship a few years back. Exactly. But even before that, though, Nick, right? Because the year before that, they literally were a one seed and they were first team to ever lose to a 16 seed. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. So a number one overall seed. Not even exactly. just one seed. The number exactly. one – they only lost like one or two games out there, too. Exactly. He'll have great years and then he'll respond with mediocre years. He'll miss the tournament. Nobody says a thing. Nobody bats an eye. And then the next year, they're right back in the thick of things. They'll make a sweet 16. But it's just the thing is their defense is so good, but it's outdated at the same time. That pack line defense – it's easy to expose. We've seen it a thousand times. He has to update and evolve his system, and he's got to recruit the right players, right? Trey Murphy was a revelation for them, but they don't get guys like Trey Murphy in the program every single year. That's a dime a dozen right there. So yeah. we got to see We got to see what Reese Beekman can do. Hopefully he's the guy that they thought he was going to be when they first recruited him. Looking at Ryan Dunn, I've heard a lot of good things about him. I personally haven't seen him play, so I wouldn't know, but they just got to show and prove. They were really good last year, and they lost in the first round to Furman. And Furman was good, too, with Jalen Sloss and those guys. But that, the way – awesome. in in <laughs> exactly. In the fashion that they lost that game in, you just can't afford for that to happen. So, Virginia's just one of them teams. They got to show and prove us. I think they'll be in that top four, as you mentioned, but we got to see it. And then another sneaky team real quick is, is Wake Forest. I actually like Wake Ooh, Forest yeah. a lot this year. So, we'll see about them for sure, too. Yeah. When you nah, struggle like to score like Virginia, like, and you just can't get a bucket, no pun intended, but, like – Sometimes it's it just it's hard basketball to watch and all that. And that's why they have, you know, obviously they had they won the national championship a few years back. But like Kev said, they went they got bounced by, a, you know, 16 seed that they should have no business losing to because they just struggled to, to, to get scoring and all that. So hopefully Reese Reese Beekman is someone that uh, I know a lot of people liked in the draft draft space last year and all that. So Kim coming back and all that and see how McKinley looks, too. So, you know, but philosophy's almost got to change like it's just like all right we get it and all that and it's tough for recruiting in virginia like you're not getting a lot of dudes to get to go there and all that so you got to recruit differently but man it, sometimes it's rough watching them play basketball because it's like it's like with florida state like you just you oh know it's like you rely on defense but it's just like yo you're scoring 40 points some of these games are like 45 40 it's like all right man like you <laughs> that's not fun to watch that's it's not, not fun to watch not and that can that, 
that could get you bounced in the first round to Furman in in in, in the tournament and all that because you just can't get a bucket. So exactly. What were you gonna say, Kev? I thought you was gonna say something. No, I was just gonna say it's not it. That style of play is just outdated, bro. You cannot play that slow, and then on the same side on on defense, it's the same thing. Teams know exactly what they're gonna do. Like Prey said, you gotta evolve and and adapt. You gotta adjust and adapt. That's how the great coaches last as long because they know how to switch their style of play up while kind of keeping it around, but mixing right. it up a little bit. And Tony exactly. Bain, he hasn't done that, and it, it's cost him a lot. But again, that 2019 national championship championship that says everything right there you can't do anything better than that right there so he's always going to be in good graces no for sure it's only right that we talk about the defending national champs which is the yukon huskies who are ranked number six in the ap poll um lost a few key pieces uh including adama sinogo and jordan hawkins who are in the nba or at least jordan hawkins is with the pelicans right now yeah, he did hoop tonight. I want to ask you guys on this guy here because, I mean, I've, I watched some film on him the past few days, and I think he's a really good point guard. How do you feel about Stephon Castle joining the team? Elite. To me, man, I'm not – I was going to say something crazy right now, but <laughs> I, was, I was literally going to say that he might be the best point guard in the country this year. I'm not going to lie. Like, that's how high I am on him. I think, honestly, too, I hate to compare dudes because it makes it seem like I'm hating, but I'm not because I appreciate both their games. But I think he's better than Isaiah Collier, and I think he should be looked at as the number one point guard prospect in this class of 2023 because, first of all, he's a legit 6'6", which is already off the charts right there. His core vision, instincts, feel for the game are second to none. He reads defenses before they even do what they want to do. You know, he's always a step ahead of the game, and he's just different. Like, he just has it all. His jumper is only getting better and better, but he just knows how to get into the lane and make defense react defenses react at a high high level so i love the fit for him at uconn i think he's going to get a lot of touches him and tristan newton alongside um what's my dude's name cam spencer from rutgers yeah, spencer yeah all three of them should be a dynamic backcourt right and then again you look at donovan Klingon. this entire uconn roster you know they just have pieces right out of there man yeah so I don't think they're going to be as dominant as they were last year because they legitimately just ran through the NCAA tournament yeah. like it was nothing. But that team last year had the perfect recipe. Andre Jackson was a dude that just did everything. You know, as y'all mentioned, shooting the shooter Jordan Hawkins just because well, you could just run him off a whole Sniper. bunch of different types of things. Yeah, but I, I still think they'll be a threat, though. I, I think they have a, a legit chance to get back to the Final Four because their guard play just reigns supreme. When you have a big that's an automatic bucket like Donovan Klingon, I mean, you have a chance on any given night to be anybody across the country. So I'm very high on this UConn Huskies team again this season. They got great balance, too. I, I like them comfort. I watched a lot of Jaden Ross because he played out here over here at Long Island Lutheran and all that. So I think he he'll, you know, you know, um in, in, in the minutes he'll play, he'll he'll make uh he'll have some good minutes and all that. But I just like the balance of this team. You know, like you said, dude, Castle, like he's a six foot six freshman, you know, uh, a point guard and all that. Like he you know, we got Tristan Nuja Caravan. You know, if, if Klingman's healthy, because I know he had the foot issue, if he's right, if they can get him healthy, you know, towards the end, you know, middle of the season and all that, I wouldn't be surprised if they're if they're holding if one shining moment happens again and they're holding up a back to back. Like I think they have the pieces to do it again. Like they're they're that good and all that. And it was crazy because me and Kev, we talked about, you know, we talked about them a lot last year and all that. And we talked about you know, Dan Hurley, like, yo, when is Dan Hurley going to finally get the, get this team going? He's always had good teams. And then 
you know, and then because in the middle of the season, they had a little stretch where they struggling. They lost like, I don't yeah. know, like four out of five and all that. They were losing some close games and all that. And we're like, all right, this is just, you know, this is just a sign to come and all that. And they figured it out. And then the tournament came and they just absolutely whopped everybody off the floor and all that. And I, I don't expect them to have that level of dominance, but I expect them to be top five all year and be a number one seed and, and would not be surprised if they're cutting down the nets again because they're just that good. I honestly found it surprising that they weren't like one of the top five teams. I mean, I mean, I mean, six six is still good, but I, I guess it might be considering that they just come up, came off of a championship. I thought they were going to at least they did lose a lot of guys. So I mean, they weren't yeah. consider that, but I guess you could take that into consideration. But my next question is, I'm a I'm a fan of Tristan Newton. I love what he did last year, but I feel like there's been many times where he can have his inconsistency, especially from the floor. Like, do y'all agree with that? And how do y'all think that he'll step up this year? I was a big fan of his last year. Honestly, I, I said he was the key to the team, and I think he was for the most part. Andre Jackson was obviously, like, the guy when it just came to doing everything, but Tristan Newman was, was to me the guy that just put them over the hunt. You know, crunch time, you need a guy that can get you a bucket from the perimeter off the dribble. He did that. And so for this year's team, I think he'll have to be a little bit better. I think he'll have to be a guy that can buy time for Stephon Castle to find his groove and get into the click of things and rhythm of things. But once he does that, I'm not too worried about him because all he has to do for the most part is just be solid. It's going to be stretches throughout the course of games where he has to go get his own. He's going to have to go on a little, you know, personal 6-0 run or whatever the case may be. But I think he's capable of doing that. I think another thing that a lot of people don't really talk about is being a transfer. Right nowadays, you're able to just transfer and play immediately out the gate. But back in the day, you'd have to sit out a year, right? And so you kind of get thrown into the fire quicker than usual. And I think with a year under his belt, that win as great as it did last year should only give him a confidence boost and just have him more comfortable, familiar with the UConn system. And that should make him better off the rip just because of that. Yeah, because you remember when he's coming from ECU, you know, he's the guy and all that. So, like, you see it's kind of people say he was an inefficient scorer and all that, but that's because he's just taking more of a low. Now he goes to UConn playing with other better players. You see his efficiency go up and all that. And I could see that continue to go be the case this year. So, you know, if he continues to play like he did last year and all that, with a little bit of scoring tick, I think I think he'll be fine, and he'll be talking about him as an all Big East type of player. I definitely agree. I think I think they can be a candidate for that as well. Um, is there a particular threat to UConn of the Big East? I I can kind of see Marquette. Like, do y'all agree with that, or do y'all have another team? Villanova. I'm telling y'all right know, now. Okay. I'm, I'm riding the Villanova wave. A lot of people have already given up on Kyle Neptune based off how uh, the year one went, but. I don't know why, because literally he didn't even know he was going to get the job at first because Jay Wright just retired out of nowhere. So he just took it because he was next in line. But to me, when I look at the Villanova team, you're bringing back two guys that could easily make first team all Big East between Justin Moore and Eric Dixon. You brought in a whole bunch of good transfers. TJ Bomb out of New York. He's from Washington State. Really good. Tyler Burton transferred over from Richmond. Really good. Hakeem Hart comes over from Maryland. All these guys are 6'6 plus defenders, right? that can pass, shoot, dribble, and make plays. And to me, that's the prototypical Villanova team, right? That's what they do. They get big body wings, and then they have a true point guard, and every year they somehow make it work. And again, last year, it was just bad because you had Justin Moore coming off an Achilles injury. You had Cam Whitmore dealing with the injury to start the season, but and you didn't have a real point guard. Like, Mark Armstrong is good, but he wasn't experienced. I think with a year under his belt, again, Mark Armstrong was throwing that fire. In year two, he should have a little bit more confidence. He should know what to expect. He's going to have a full season under his belt. To me, Villanova, 
I don't know about y'all, but if you're a better out there and you like to place futures and things like that, bet on Villanova to win the Big East. That cash out and payout could be immaculate because that's what I'm about to do in a couple of days. And I'm telling y'all, I firmly believe in that stance that Villanova can get back to the top of the Big East and reign as champs again. Nova's Nova's good. I think Creighton. I think Creighton too. Shireman, Ray Alexander, Ryan Kogbrenner, and all that. You know what he could do, and you know blocking shots and all that. Stephen Ashford, who they got from Utah State. You know he he's a sniper and all that. He's like the perfect Creighton Blue Jay. He he fits a perfect so so. I think Creighton. You know Kaluma's gone and all that. Um, but I um and uh, uh, what's his name is uh went to uh, the Gonzaga. Um, Ryan Nemhart. Nemhart, oh, yeah, Nemhart yeah, left yeah. and all that. So, but I still think you know they they still got nice nice pieces there to to potentially you know uh, I wouldn't be surprised because I was high on them last year. No, I thought they'd be a Final Four team and on, and they made it to lead eight and almost made it to the Final Four after you know having an up and down season and all that. But uh, you know I think Greg McDermott got uh you know one of his better teams that he's had you know uh, and I think he got the right pieces this time. You know I think Kaluma was. A he just couldn't never figure out Kaluma and LSU. I think this year, you know, um, he he has the team he likes, and I think they could do some damage this year. Let's talk about Kev's team, man. Let's talk about the Michigan State Spartans in the Big Ten. Last season finished uh, top four in the in the conference. Unfortunately, lost to Kansas State in Sweet Sixteen. Shout out to Marquise Noah. He was actually my that was a hell of a game, right. man. It was New York, yeah. New York's finest. Exactly. But now let's talk about because you you made a bold comment saying that. Michigan State has the best backcourt. So talk about your guys, Tyson Walker, A.J. Hoggard. Man, I, I firmly believe that sentence and statement just because, you know, obviously I'm biased. but I agree, though. Time, I yeah, agree with him. Time, time, I, think, I think we're easily top five. And, look, it's a lot of good backcourts out there. Like, I could literally go down the list and coaches, I give them a lot of credit. They formed a lot of good backcourts out there. You can go SEC, Big East, Big 12, wherever you want to go. It's, it's a plenty of good backcourts. But – the reason I'm snapping mine is just because even though since COVID, when we lost Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman to the NBA and to overseas, we haven't necessarily been kind of like Kentucky. We haven't played to the standards of Michigan State basketball. And with this team, I think we can get there because even though we haven't been our regular Michigan State, the best basketball we played in the past three years has always come in March time. When we played against Duke a few years ago, that was one of the best games we played all season when we lost Apollo. Last year when we played versus Marquette in Kansas State, we were playing our best basketball. So for me, knowing that, that we're playing our best basketball when it matters most, that's what gives me faith with this team. So when it comes to individual players, you look at A.J. Hogarth, he's 6'4", big body. He's like the tip, prototypical East Coast point guard, right? He doesn't shoot like that, but he gets in the post. He makes guys work, and he's just the ultimate mismatch, elite defender at that too. Tyson Walker, a New York guy from Long Island, player, can get a bucket whenever he wants to. He's short, but, bro, he step backs, three-point shots, catch and shoot off the dribble, whatever you need from him, he can go get you a bucket whenever. Jaden Akins, to me, he might be – to me, he's definitely the best NBA prospect of the three just because the catch and shoot three is there, the off the dribble threes are there. His athleticism at the rim separates him a lot. He has the mid-range game on lock two. And so it starts with our backcourt, but we have players at every position. We have depth. I think the best thing about this team is that we're going to get back to being Michigan State. And this is where I'll wrap up, too, is that we should get back to being a top-tier rebounding team. We should get back to a team that takes pride in playing defense and gets steals for easy buckets on the other end. And just as a whole, I just think, again, when you have a backcourt like that, you have a chance to win any given game on any given night. And that's why I love this team as a whole. And, of course, you got Coach Izzo 
you know, at the, the at, the, at the beginning of the bench too. So that always helps out too. So to me, I think this is the year for us to really make a lot of noise and kind of put the Big Ten on our back yet again. Kev said it all. Like, he knows how I felt about, you know, their their backcourt. I think the best backcourt in the country. You know, and like I said, experience, 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 experience. You know, uh, last year, you know, obviously they, it was an up and down season for them, but they're one of those teams. It's just, it's like, you know, it's kind of like his Miami Heat. Because Miami Heat just got to get in, and then they just do special things. You know, they're like, yeah, how did Michigan State get to the Elite Eight? It's like, <laughs> and you just like, yo, it's just – and, but I think what's good about this team is, you know, they got some good freshmen too. Yeah. They got some, you know, and, we, and uh, uh, what we talked about a lot in the show is freshman point guards, right? You know, and, and Jeremy Fears is one that we've talked about, me and Kev talk about a lot, and he's he's going to be playing some minutes. Yep. You know, he's going to figure a way to get, and I know it's a, it's a, it's, it's a lot at the top, you know, but he's going to figure a way to get some minutes because he, he, he's just going to show out. He's just going to be one of those guys. And that, we're not even talking about Xavier Booker and all that, like, you know, I think he's going to play a solid role in all that and this year and all that, you know, um, Cohen Carr too, you know, highlight reel, you know, on the wing is going to do some things and all that. Just got a nice balance and all that, you know, so this team's going to be real good. Uh, They're going to be way better regular season than they had last year and they're going to be in the mix. Wouldn't be surprised they're in the final four. Like this is one of those things, you know, this is one of coach Israel's better teams he's had in a while, you know, from top to bottom, this roster's really well balanced. And that's what I like about this Michigan State team this year. I'm glad you brought up Jer- Jeremy Fears because I didn't really get a chance to really dive into him before before the season, but I watched him yesterday against Tennessee, and I thought I thought he gave him some really good minutes. So can y'all talk about like dive into him a little bit more and talk about how how he can be impactful to this team? Man, to me, I was thinking about this earlier. I was just telling my brother, he's the type of point guard you can win a national championship with. Like he'll lead you to the national championship game, and I would not be surprised whatsoever. I think. I don't know how long he'll be on campus, to be honest. I think he'll probably be, like, a three-year player. But he's one of them guys that's going to sneak and find his way in the NBA. Just like a TJ McConnell, like a Tyus Jones, right? He's going to stick around and just be successful because he understands pace. He understands where his teammates need the ball at, you know, to get in their right spots to get quality shots. He understands tempo. He understands what Coach Izzo's trying to say and preach. And to me, he's just high level. I go back a couple years ago. He was playing in Team USA down in, I believe, Me- or in Spain, actually, not Mexico, in Spain. And he was on a team that had a whole bunch of players, Cooper Flagg, Ron Holland, the list goes on, all these top guys, and, he, and DJ Wagner. And he was the most important player because he was the only true point guard on the roster. In their last three games, especially in the gold medal game against Spain, he took over that game. Him and Cooper Flagg took over that game just off the defensive end, right? He wasn't even winning them the game based off scoring, just making plays for other guys especially on the defensive end. So to me, I think for him to come into a situation where he doesn't have to be the guy year one and then next year he'll be that guy is going to make him so much better, so much faster. And this year, as you mentioned, right now he's probably going to – like early in the season he'll probably average somewhere between like 10 to 15 minutes, but I expect that to jump up rampantly as we hit Big Ten play this year. You know what's crazy about him? Every level of basketball he's played, there's always guys who are better than him. And then – after every report you read or whatever, you'd be like, yo, this 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 fierce kid, he stood out in practice or he stood out in this game. It, like that's how I do learn about him yep. throughout the years, is like because everybody's like, Yeah, you know, this guy's here, but 
you gotta watch out for this little guy, this little this little Jeremy Fields kid, and he always stands out. So that that's why I'm saying he's gonna play some minutes. He's gonna figure a way because that's just that's just his mentality, you know. And that's 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 what you gotta love about him and all that. So yeah, this Michigan State team is gonna be good this year. I, I think they definitely um definitely gonna be in the mix, you know, uh, late late in March. What about Xavier Booker? Because I've I've been a pretty big fan of him over the past few months as I've, as I've been able to really dive into him. Like how how impactful do y'all think that he'll be? at the center position. This is one of those guys where I'm trying not to get too overly hyped on him just because I don't want people to put a lot on his plate and just think he's going to be like a star in year one, like a Brandon Miller. But if you give him time, he is going to be a major, major player. And just like Jeremy Fierce, he's going to earn more minutes as the season progresses. A lot of people see this where it gets interesting because what Nick just said, a lot of people want him to play the five. But I personally think the way to maximize him at that four spot, just because of his the way that he can shoot the rock, you you kind of want that spacing, and then your five man can post up all day, and he could post up too. But right now he just he's a freshman, right? So he hasn't been in the weight room like that. He's not going to be able to take Big Ten physicality right now. But once he does get in that weight room, it's going to be a problem. But to me, he's going to be a key for this team off that bench. If I could just get one to two threes a game, I'm good. Get some block shots, get some rebounds. Eventually, the more he gets comfortable, he'll, he'll be able to lead the fast break, too. So his game and his possibilities are honestly endless. It's just all about staying to, true to the process and, and not breaking code because, yeah. you know, guys that stay in the program, they get better regardless. So I, I expect him to be one of them. Yeah. Just be patient with him because he, he's he's yeah. kind of, a, a you know, a, a slow, slow, you know, progressor. And all, but. You know, he popped like it took him a while in high school, but then he popped and all that. So just got to be patient with him. He's just one of those guys you got to be patient with. Like, I understand there's a lot of there's a, you know, five star and all that and people reading that. But, you know, um, he, he's definitely talented. Though. You just got to be patient. He might struggle in the beginning of the season, but he might come on late, you know, second half. So he's someone you just got to be patient with. So, okay, this is a question for you. So, I mean, we talked about earlier earlier before we dive before we dove into Michigan State, how they lost in the Sweet 16. Do you think that this is a team that, could possibly, you know, go further in the tournament this year, like possibly Final Four or so? For sure, because the biggest difference from this year's team compared to last year's team that's going to be evident, and we've already seen in this past exhibition this past weekend versus Tennessee, is that with depth, you have more opportunities to do a lot more things, right? Like, for instance, versus Tennessee, we pressed, and we couldn't do that last year because we only really played six guys. And if you press with six guys – Unless your conditioning is absolutely A1, you're going to be tired. And especially towards the back of the season, you're going to gas out regardless. So I think when you have a team that can go 10, 11, and maybe even 12 deep sometimes, you could do a lot of different things. You can play press, right? You can put a whole bunch of different lineups and just go out there and just do different things and tinker with all types of rotations. Like, I forget the exact lineup, but it was like a lineup of like Jeremy Fierce, Tyson Walker, Cohen Carr, and I think like Xavier Booker and Carson Cooper. That lineup was disgusting. It brought us back in that Tennessee game. and that's what I'm saying. Coach Izzo, he gonna be, he's going to have to get deep in his bag this year to kind of figure out how to manage everybody's minutes because another guy we haven't even mentioned is Trey Holloman, and he's looked pretty good this year too. So I'm excited to see him out of Minnesota too. But as a whole, man, we just have so much talent, bro. And the talent is evident. And I always say talent alone doesn't win you games, but when you can start to blend that talent together and make it work, that's all you need. And when you have experienced guards like we've been saying, that's the key to everything. And so if those three can just lock in together and play consistently – I have no worries about us whatsoever. I think this team could legitimately get us back to a Final Four and maybe even a national championship down there in Phoenix this year. The last team we got to talk about is indeed Prez's team, which is the Duke Blue Devils. 
unfortunately lost to Tennessee in the second round this past year. My, my first question, my first question to you, Prez, um, you know, I've, I've been seeing a lot of mixed reviews on Tyrese Proctor. I'm a fan of his. Like, I really think that he's a really good player. But I know a lot of Duke fans and even just college fans in general try to write him off. So what are your thoughts on Tyrese Proctor and how do you think that he can get better this upcoming season? He's going to be he's going to be special this year. He's going Because you know what? John Shire figured him out last year. Yeah. And me and Kev talked about this. Like, we were like, when are they going to let him Proctor handle the ball? Because obviously you got Roach. And I understood why they they – they let Roach, you know, handle the rock because obviously he's a, he's an upperclassman and, you know, trusting a freshman, you know, with the ball in the hand, you know, that could be, you know, can go either way. But they finally realized, all right, Proctor is our, you know, best downhill, you know, guard right now. And we need to trust him. And once they changed that, he he was he was on the up and up and they went on a roll. Duke went on a roll and they started hooping and, and you know, won the ACC championship, you know, and, and obviously with the loss to Tennessee, but. You know, and Proctor was was good in that game, though. He he actually was one of the lone bright spots in that game, you know, and all that. So Proctor, I think he's going to be an all ACC guy, you know, um, and all that. I think he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be a first round pick, in my opinion. I think he's gonna be special. He's gonna be one of the, the one of you know one of the the big well, one of the more important players on this team, you know, for us to get what we want to get, and you know, that's like you said, get down to Phoenix for that Final Four. What do you think, Kev? I'm a big Tyrese Proctor fan, man. I always have been. It's nothing against Jeremy Roach. It's just one of them situations where when you're at Duke, when you're at Kentucky, if we're being honest, your spot is not really guaranteed year in and year out, and they're always recruiting guys that are potentially better than you, right? High NBA draft picks. And so Jeremy Roach has been one of those lucky guys, kind of like a P.J. Washington that has the, the luxury of being able to stay at a place like that for multiple years. But Tyrese Proctor, like Prezi said, you put the ball in his hands more often times than not, good things are going to happen, right? He has great touch. He has great feel around the rim, good pacing. His head is always on a swivel. He knows where everybody's at. He knows how to control the game. Excellent lob catcher, excellent pick and rolls, knows how to snake dribble, all different things like that. Like, he's really, really good. I understand why he's getting all this hype, deservedly so. And when you look at the backcourt around him, he's clearly the top dog, right? The the team, he's clearly has to run the offense. And there's no doubt about it in my mind that he'll definitely be. If he's not a lottery pick, he'll definitely be a first-round pick in 2024. Two-way player, too, and that's down the defensive side. So he's going to be a menace like, and all that. So that's 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 why people – you know, I don't know I don't know who these people are that are down on him. Maybe they just watched the first half of the Duke season last year and all that. But you have to understand, Shire's a first-year coach. He's figured it right. out. But I'm happy he figured it out because me and Kevin like, yo, when, he's gonna, when is he going to make this change? And he finally did it. And we saw what happened. With yeah, he, they went on that run. He had a lot of flashes last year where I thought he was really good. Yeah, and lot. like Roach is not going to be a problem this year because even though Roach is on, the, he came back this year because I thought I thought and a lot of people thought Roach was going to either you know transfer or you know go pro and all that because he had some you know a little some pro buzz a little bit. But he came back. That's not going to be an issue. I don't think that's going to be an issue at all. I think it's this is Proctor's team and all that, and, and Chai's going to let him rock and you know going to see Jeremy Roach. I think. You know, some catch and shoot for Jeremy Roach is actually might be better for him. You know, just being the primary ball handler. But you know, his team's good. You know, Jeremy Kane too is going to be a factor in that in that backcourt too. Kane's Kane's a really good one. And I know some guys are down on him already, and I'm like, ah, stop it, you stop it, stop it. You know, he he he'll be all right. He's going to be all right. But yeah, that that uh, Proctor is going to be a good one. I, I think he's, you know, uh, he he's going to be the catalyst for this team. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the mix for that ACC Player of the Year and all that. He he's going to be special this year. 
How do y'all think uh, Caleb Foster is going to fit with this team in his freshman year? Great. Perfect. Just because, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see who they kind of put as the backup point guard spot because you can you can mix and match between Jeremy Roach and Caleb Foster. But to me, Caleb Foster is a legit 6'5". Again, excellent touch around the rim. Can finish with either hand. Great passer. Pretty good defender, too. So I think he is about as important as any player on this roster because obviously, you know, Ty, it's going to run between Tyrese and Kyle Filipowski. That's that's just the nature of the beast. That's how it's going to be for them this year. But right. if you had another guard that you just want to put the ball in the hand, put their ball in his hands and just say, hey, we trust you to go make a play, whether it's run our offense or going off script and just making something happen for yourself and your teammates, you can trust Caleb Foster to do that. He actually was playing out here. I believe he's originally from either Tennessee or Carolina. I can't remember which one. I always get it mixed up, but – he actually was playing out here at Notre Dame with Dusty Stromer, who's at Gonzaga this year. And Dusty Stromer has been there for his entire high school career. And Caleb Foster came in there year one and was pretty much their best player and led them to a state championship in California. You know how hard that is. I mean, that's that speaks to everything he's about already. So to me, he's going to get a lot of playing time this year. And he'll definitely be on a lot of NBA draft boards as the season progresses. Yep. Thank you, President. They, it's going to, it's going to be fun to see, you know, especially how those freshmen and all that and, you know, how they worked that, that rotation out. That's going to be interesting to see. Because they could, they could do a lot of different matchups and different, like, you know, different lineups or so. It's going to be interesting to see how, how Shire works out these guard rotations um, in the season because they got they got five guys that could play, you know. So, you know, it's going to be fun to see them, how they, they orient to this, uh, this guard mat, uh, lineup because – they have all types of different guards and all that, and you know they could kill you in a bunch of ways, you know. So it's gonna be fun to watch. Is this team fit to possibly win a national championship, Prez? Can they get further than where they've been over the past few years? I think I think they got the. I mean, Filipowski, Filipowski coming back is huge. That is huge. You know that that is huge for them. You know uh, he's you know I think this team a little bit more. You know. Um, on the defensive end and all that, improving all that, but you know, in the post, you know, he he's money and all that. So him coming back is huge and all that. Yeah, I think they do. I think Proctor coming back for another year, having the ball in his hand and all that, even just getting Roach back, you know, just that veteran guy you need in the locker room and all that. You know, Ryan Young's back. You know, it's a, they got some guys. You know, you know, like the mix of the all the freshmen they got and all that. Like, yeah, they they have the pieces to win a national championship and all that. They definitely do. Uh, you know, Shire year two under his belt. I feel like he's learned a lot, uh, you know, after year one, you know, and I, hopefully he's watching this tape of that Tennessee game and figure out, you know, how to deal with some of the other phys- physical teams and all that, um, and all that. So, you know, Mark Mitchell is going to be important for them. He's going to be able to guard multiple positions. He's going to be huge for them and all that. Like I said, I think he, um, I think this team has what it takes, you know, I feel like they're, they're balanced, you know, um, Shooting might be the one Achilles heel a little bit. The shooting, they're out the perimeter shooting. That could be something that could that could bite them. Um, but I feel like everything else, they're they're pretty solid. And so I I, I I'm not even saying it's just because I'm a fan. I really do think this this team has a chance to get to the final four and all that. And I already have my prediction now for the national championship. I think it's Michigan State, is Duke in the national championship. That's what people want to see. Oh man, yeah, man it, you know. You get a bucket going to be crazy and all that that happens and all that. But it, I truly feel like yeah, it feels like 
every time is Michigan State and Duke. It's always it's always I'm a battle. Mm-hmm. So oh God, I feel like that's what we need. And that's but in the national championship and all that, you know, you got the young, mm-hmm. you got the young and coach going against the old head and all that. Like it's just you know, Coach K might have to pop out and be like, you know, but uh, yeah, I I, I think uh, not just because I'm a fan. You know, I I just I think this team is very balanced, top that like. All, all these guys can play like, you know, all these guys can play and all that. And it's just, you know, I think Shire year two and all that he's going to have, he's going to figure it out and all that. And I think, I think they definitely found a four bound. I believe Shire deserves all the love and respect that he, that he gets right now. I mean, cause I'll be real. I mean, it's, it's, I'm sure it was a lot of pressure coming in that first year after coach K. Retired. You never want to be the no. first guy to replace a lead. Like it's tough. Exactly. Like whoever got to replace Izzo at Michigan State, I'm, I, that's gonna be tough. Like we we saw it at, at, with, with Net Kyle Neptune with Jay Wright and all that. Like it is hard to replace. You know what? QB Davis and I even went to the national championship, but then I look what happened last year. Exactly. You know, you know filling for Roy and all that. Like it, it's tough to be the guy after the guy. You know, usually you want to be the guy after the guy gets fired. You know, but you know Shire has he's taken the blueprint. He just ran with it. You know, he's still, and then obviously he still got Coach K in the background. You know, you know, Coach K still got, you know, he's still there and all that. But the fact that he's able to still recruit like a beast and and showing that he he was a good coach last year. Right. Obviously, he went through his ups, but he showed that he could make adjustments. And that's what I, that's what I made me feel good because I wasn't crazy about that Duke team last year. But the fact that I saw him make the adjustments and then we went on the run to win the ACC championship. Makes me feel good coming into this year that if they do have to make adjustments, he'll make the proper ones because he's going to have a bunch of guys to interchangeable, interchange or interchangeable. So that's what makes me feel good about this team this year. Like I said, the ACC is, you know, a couple teams, you know, that's that's it, you know, maybe some exactly. sneaky teams and all that. But I feel like the ACC is there is theirs for them. You know, Miami's in the mix, and Miami's in the mix. Obviously, still got to worry about Carolina, but I feel like I think they're the best team in the ACC, and I, I feel like you know. In March, you know, hopefully, you know, one shining moment at the end of at the day. Hopefully, you get back when the first natty since 2015. One last question before we get up out of here: um, Which conference do y'all believe will be the strongest? Because I'm leaning kind of at Big Twelve, but I'm not 100 percent sure. What do y'all think? Man, it's a toss-up for me, bro. I've been going back and forth between the Big Twelve and the SEC. I think those are the top two, in my opinion. You know, ACC has been kind of down the past few years because Florida State fell off the map and Louisville's been down off the map. Big yeah. Ten, I mean, it's the same thing most people say. Even though it's not as easy as the fans will make it seem like it is to win a national championship, it's just – it's Michigan State and then – You're on top of that. Isn't, isn't Houston in the Big 12 now? Yeah. Houston, BYU, and, BYU, Houston, and yeah. UCF. Yeah. And Cincinnati. And that's the thing, too. Exactly. They're about to – they they're getting Houston and they're about to get Arizona next year. And oh, then they're, they're losing Texas and Oklahoma, right? I forgot. Exactly. Yeah. The SEC. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. To me, those are the two clear SEC. top balances. If I had to go based off this year, I'll just say SEC to play it safe. But if the Big 12 ends up being the best, I wouldn't be surprised. To me, the Big 12 has been the best since that 2017-18 season when they had Trey Young coming to the league. Yeah. You had you had Javon Carter at West Virginia. You had uh, Devontae Graham and Frank Mason at Kansas. You had a lot of different teams out there. You know, Oklahoma State was pretty good that, that year. TCU, year. Yeah, that, uh, they had, you know, a whole bunch of players that year. So, Big 12 to me. But for this instance, I'm going to go with the SEC. Just because, too, when you look at the coaches, 
I mean, you can't go wrong with coaches' rise. You got Bruce Pearl, you got John Calipari, mm-hmm. you got a whole bunch of different guys, Rick Barnes, Eric Musman, Nate Oates, the list goes on and on and on. And I just think those two they added in 2019 at Bama and Arkansas changed the entire game because Bama and Arkansas were nowhere near as good as they are right now. And you got to give a lot of credit to Nate Oates and Eric Musman for that. What you think you press? Yeah, I, I think I would go to SEC too. I think they got yeah. better. You know, the Big 12 has teams that are going to be competitive and all that. It's a, from almost top, almost top to bottom and all that. But I think they're just better teams in the SEC. I would say the top 10 teams in the SEC can definitely win, you know, 19, 20 games. And, you know, so that wouldn't shock me. But, yeah, I would go to the SEC and all that. For sure, like in the you know, Kentucky, obviously Tennessee, those teams. I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about them in the in the Final Four picture. And then Arkansas, you know, Florida, low key, you know, I think could be could be a sneaky good team this year. Um, Mississippi State too, I like them too. I think they could be they can do some damage and all that. So, uh, yeah, I, I'll go to the SEC. Big Twelve, I think Big Twelve takes a. A little, I mean, obviously they got Kansas and all that, but some of the other teams take a little step back. Texas can do some things and all that, but um, but I, yeah, I would go, I would go with SEC. I think uh, they got some at the top. They got some teams I could see definitely making the Final Four and all that. What about um, what's the team I was thinking about? TCU. I think that could be. That's a sleeper team right there. I think it's two sleeper yeah. teams in a Big Twelve. I think they're one of them. I think the other one's Iowa State, but. When I look at them, I know they lost, you know, Mike Miles. I know they lost Eddie Lampkin, but you bring back a ton of talent, right? You got Michael Peavy back. You got O'Bannon back. You got Emmanuel Miller back. You add in Jameer Nelson Jr. I think should have a big year for them. Yeah, coming on from Delaware where he was in the CAA. So I love that team. And then they also bring in Avery Anderson too. I feel like a lot of people don't understand how good Avery Anderson is too because he's actually from the area. He's originally from Louisiana, but – his family moved to the, the DFW because of Hurricane Katrina way back in the day. So he was raised out there. And he went to Oklahoma State the past few years. And so he's a guy that knows how to get buckets in the Big 12 already. And to get a guy like that to kind of slide in and fill that Mike Miles role for them this year, I think that backcourt is going to be really dynamic between him and, again, Jameer Nelson Jr. too. So I'll watch out for the Horn Frost for show. But do we trust Jamie Dixon, though, Kev? Can we trust Jamie Dixon? That's the number one question is can we trust Jamie? Because a Jamie Dixon team can is like it's like you know he can, you know, he's gonna be solid, but can he take that to his team over the top? And that's the thing with, with me is you know, I was high on TCU last year and all that. I was and, uh, too. Yeah, and then then except like Kev just rolled off, you know, to getting Jameer Nelson and all that, and you know, Manuel Miller. But to me, it's, it starts with the start with the head man. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I could trust. He 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 hurt my soul last year. So and then just this was too much inconsistencies and all that. I know they went through a lot of injuries and all that, but and some weird stuff too happened. You know, um, you know the Lampkin situation and all that. But um, yeah. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if I could trust Damian. Dick. They got a good team though. They're 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 going to be in the mix though. So, but Damian Dixon and then the attorney. I don't know. I don't know if I could trust that, but they'll be solid though. They definitely wouldn't be surprised if they're in that top three, four in the Big Twelve. No, for sure. I mean, I, I was I was really impressed with what they were able to do last year. And, you know, I mean, I'll be real. Mike Miles was actually one of my personal favorites to watch I last year him, in the yeah. Big Twelve. He's a so, bucket. Exactly. So I mean, I'm really excited to see. You know, obviously with him, but I want to see you know what they could possibly do this upcoming season. But no, my guys, Prezi, Chris, LeBron, Kev, pleasure to have you guys on, man. To, preview the college basketball season man definitely let the people know where to find you guys where to find a podcast and everything and what you guys have coming and move forward 
Yeah, man. It's my socials at Kevo Mufasa seven. That's K E V O O M U F A S A seven. Follow me on all social medias. You can find all my stuff. If you like basketball, I love basketball. I'll follow you back. We can chop it up about hoops all the time. College basketball, especially women's college basketball too. Same thing. So follow me there for all my work. As always, shout to get a bucket off the ball network. You already know what it is. And yeah, shout out to my boy Nick too, as always, man. Doing his thing, killing it in every single facet of this basketball stuff, too. So big pleasure and salute to you too for having me on, man. Appreciate that, bro. Yes, yeah, gotta, gotta give you your flowers, bro. You've been working, you know, you're putting out a lot of podcasts out, and that shows you that shows that you're dedicated to this work and, and you're putting in that because a lot of people just want to just put one episode and then thinking exactly. that they're gonna blow up and all that, but it's all about that consistency and all, all that, putting that time, all that grind. And your work is being appreciated and is being respected throughout this basketball, you know, community we have and all that. So, major shout out to you and the work you do, but. You can follow me at Off the Ball Pod and all that. Um, me and Kev gonna be doing some spaces with the continue our our previews of the the college basketball seasons coming up and all that. Uh, so check it out. We're gonna we're gonna try to try to put out a few this week. You know, um, and finish out our college previews and all that. But uh, it's basketball season, man. I love this. This is the this is the greatest this is the greatest time of the year, man. Like it's crazy because I remember coming in. You know. Before I started doing bad, I was oh, I was a football guy, strictly football, like, and and basketball just took over once the my podcast took over and all that. I I feel like I'm a casual football fan. Like I be, you know, when we talking football in the chat, I'm like, I don't even know who that's safe. I don't know who's on my team on the Giants. I didn't know who the backup quarterback was with the Giants. I'm like, who is that? Never heard of him. Like it's just crazy how this basketball thing is just taking over. Whereas in college, we talk recruiting, NBA, all that. It's just it's been so much fun and all that. So it's gonna be another big season. We're doing a lot of good things at the network too. You know, um, got the Hoopers gonna be doing every Friday night. They do it. We're gonna be you know um, doing uh doing spaces every Friday night and all that. We're doing every day. We're doing a Hooper of the night every day and all that. You know um, you know that we're showing love to some of the you know the the under the underappreciated players in the league and all that. So yeah, just make sure to follow the thing at the network off the ball network.com OTB underscore network on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, the YouTube channel, subscribe and all that. We got a lot of great content and a lot of great content creators and all that. So appreciate you, brother. Yeah, definitely make sure to follow off the ball network, man. A lot of hoop heads, not even just myself, Kevin, Prezi, you know, I mean, we already mentioned the Hoopers. We got to mention my guy Mo. So, I mean, there's a there's a definite, definite amount of, like, hoop heads there that people need to be in tune with. But as for us, make sure to follow the show on X, Twitter, whatever you call it, at Love and TGB Ball. Make sure to follow myself and Nick Andre ATR. And until next time, you guys, do safe. Okay.